provides security in the area of IoT. US indicts Chinese over hacking again. And a review of the new financial services sector cybersecurity profile. These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security. Hello, I'm Nick Holland. This week, I got to speak with Kevin McDonald, Director of Clinical Information Security at Mayo Clinic and an upcoming speaker at the ISMG Healthcare Security Summit in New York on November 13th and 14th. Kevin will be a participant in a panel discussion titled Medical Devices, A Long Road Ahead to Security and Privacy. I asked Kevin what can be done about monitoring connected medical devices over their entire life cycle, which could be a considerable length of time. Here's his response. So the, the whole life cycle is, is a good point. Um, and we have the technology to do a lot of that. So a lot of it isn't the technology as much as it is just the planning, the engineering, and the, the easier ability to be able to keep those up. So the, so the idea that, um, and, and some of it is going to have to be some changes in healthcare too. You know, you're able to, because of, of the way that some of these devices are built so well from a physical standpoint uh, that you can use some of these machines for 10 or 20 years. Uh, we're going to have to figure out how we can manage the software over that lifespan as well and make sure that that stays secure. Either that or we'll have to figure out some kind of, of way to be able to just box these things off into a separate area where we've got them isolated, we've increased the monitoring of them and, and be able to, to use a lot of other compensating controls. But I, I don't think it's gonna be one or the other. Um, everybody's looking for sort of the silver bullet to solve these. We have companies all the time calling us, trying to sell us a whole, you know, a whole box of silver bullets, but it's gonna be a combination of of user education so that people who use these devices on patients have a have a better cybersecurity awareness. It'll be a combination of healthcare delivery organizations uh, implementing compensating controls and having good security practices, as well as the vendors as well, having uh, uh, security by design. And, and the basic concepts of these things for a um, MRI machine versus an elevator versus a ring doorbell really are, are pretty much the same when you, when you get down to that lower level. The details on how you uh, may maintain them, uh, how, you know, their length of service, the kind of software that you run are going to be different, but uh, fundamentally it's, it's the same principles that you have to follow. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. The U.S. has again indicted Chinese intel agents over hacking in a scheme that sought to steal data on turbofan engines, despite a 2015 agreement between U.S. President Barack Obama and Chinese President Xi Jinping, which aimed to put intellectual property off limits. Here's ISMG's Managing Editor, Security and Technology, Jeremy Kirk, with more. The Justice Department says two Chinese intelligence officers and eight other people were indicted for stealing trade secrets intended to help the country shortcut technology research. 
Prosecutors allege two Chinese intelligence officers marshaled a five-year hacking campaign that stole data about turbofan engines and other technology. Their tactics involved a range of malware, spear phishing, fake domains, and watering hole attacks. The indictment comes as tension over intellectual property hacking has risen again between the U.S. and China. That's despite a landmark agreement struck in 2015 between President Barack Obama and Chinese President Xi Jinping that aimed to put intellectual property off-limits for cyber spies. The group allegedly gained deep access into 13 companies, including Capstone Turbines of Los Angeles. The indictment marks the third time since September that the U.S. has brought charges against Chinese intelligence officers for alleged theft of intellectual property. As part of the scheme, prosecutors allege Chinese intelligence managed to recruit two employees of an unnamed French aerospace company with an office in China. One of those recruited was a product manager within the French company. Prosecutors allege that in late 2013, the intelligence officers set up a plan to meet a product manager and supply him with a Trojan horse. The indictment quotes the intelligence officer as saying, I'll bring the horse to you tonight. Can you take the Frenchman out to dinner tonight? I'll pretend I bump into you at the restaurant to say hello. This way, we don't need to meet in Shanghai. The next month, the product officer allegedly texted back, the horse was planted this morning. The indictment brings into question if the 2015 cyber detente between the U.S. and China is effectively over. If it is, it might mark tough times ahead for companies developing valuable intellectual property. It also comes as the U.S. continues to spar with China over new trading terms and tariffs, which have collectively raised tension that could manifest in a renewed interest in IP hacking. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. Finally this week, I had the opportunity to speak with Josh McGree of the Bank Policy Institute and Diniette Piero of the American Bankers Association about the recently published Financial Services Sector Cybersecurity Profile, which they will be discussing at the upcoming ISMG Legal and Compliance Summit in New York on November 15th. Josh and Diniette both worked on this document and I asked Diniette what was the motivation behind the initiative. Here's Diniette. If we rewind the clock a little bit to where we were in 2016, just to give some context of why we realized that we need to come up with a a common kind of sector, financial services-wide approach to cybersecurity, is the years leading up to 2016, we went from zero cybersecurity kind of um, supervisory issuances, be it rules, guidance, um, or other materials, states, U.S. national as well as international. We went from zero to about 40 in a handful of years. And it was obvious that we're starting to see um, kind of new rules percolate up. Uh, we saw some of the international bodies starting to really pay attention to cyber. Kind of, you could compare it to the years before we saw the Basel Capital Rules. That we realized if we didn't come up with some kind of an approach that kind of harmonized all of those um, different thoughts and uh, postures around cybersecurity, that we were going to end up with potentially, you know, what 50, you know, different rules around cybersecurity for financial services. So at that point in time. We knew that we had to come up with something that was credible, that was rooted in a, um, a real approach to cybersecurity. The cyber assessment tool, the FFIC came out with, uh, was a great discussion document, especially for senior executives. But again, it wasn't rooted in a, a credible, internationally accepted framework. Um, we had many smaller institutions that would work their way through what we call the CAT cyber assessment tool and realize that although they, they may not necessarily know what they had to diagnose their maturity or their approach to cyber, they also realized that there was no roadmap for them if they wanted to um, do something differently or um, kind of adjust their approach to cyber. So they, they really needed something that was a bit more of um, 
a roadmap as opposed to just kind of this discussion tool that could kind of leave them hanging. And then ultimately, um, we also really realized that we, if, because of the internet con connectedness of the sector, we had to have something that would um, reach out to those smallest institutions and uh, at the same time uh, was workable for the largest institutions. And the community banks have been incredibly receptive to it. Um, even a very small community bank in you know somewhere like the DC area may be active in more than one state. It's not that unusual, you know, Maryland, Virginia, Pennsylvania. And they in there's been a, quite an interest in from an M&A perspective. If you're going to be doing participations, there's an interest amongst the community bank sector to have something other than the cat that's rooted in a credible approach to cybersecurity that lets them understand where they sit amongst their peers and who amongst their peers they may want to um, have a more strategic you know, business plan. So it's been well-received across the industry. That's it for this week's ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Nick Holland. Catch you next time.